What's going on, everybody? Welcome back for another edition of the Off the Rails podcast. We took a week off last week. Some, some, more, week. Ske- some more schedule conflicts. But now we're back for week 31. Say I'm your host, Anthony Verasso. Joined, as always, by that little pipsqueak over there in Massachusetts, Mikey That's McCarthy. me! That's Mikey, me. what's up, bud? How are you? Uh, you know, it's just another day. Uh, how, was, uh, how was the week off? I didn't have a week off. Well, from podcasting, at least. How's that? Oh, and I was good. Nice. It was relaxing. So, yeah, the whopping hour, hour 15 we do. So, yeah. we apologize again. More scheduling conflicts. I forgot. I had I'm not work. sorry. Fuck everyone else. Nice. I forgot I had an event to work Wednesday night, and it just completely freaking bit me in the ass, and I was like, oh, shit. But, uh, Mikey, we got to start with some horrible, sad news on this podcast last Monday. Former NHL player played seven seasons in the league played for the Bruins the Blackhawks Florida Panthers the Devils some time in the Penguins organization Boston native right down the street from you in Dorchester Mikey Jimmy Hayes passes away at 31 years of old 31 years of age just an absolute tragic story yeah I mean I I didn't believe it at first because I remember the, the original tweet got deleted so I thought it was just someone messing around and it was a joke but no I was sad when it turned out that it was actually true yeah, I mean, you texted me, said, ask me, is this true? And I'm like, what the hell? Because like, he's a young guy, and he does a podcast of his own, Missing Curfew and stuff like that. I was just listening to it. So in the production studio at work, I don't have, like, internet service on my phone. So I ran upstairs to be able to check, like, on Twitter. And, you know, you started seeing Butcher Gross tweet about it. Uh, he's well plugged into the hockey community, obviously. BC Hockey and just everybody all around. So... All our best to our thoughts and prayers to the Hayes family, his wife, his two young kids. Uh, just a terrible, tragic story. And uh, just wish stuff like this wouldn't happen. All right, Mikey, let's go on to the Patriots. Uh, let's try to change the subject a little bit here. Uh, they're playing their final preseason game tonight against the Giants down in the Meadowlands uh, as we're recording on this Sunday. Uh, let's go back to last week, though. They have the joint practices with the Eagles. From all the reports you read and see, the Eagles had the better of the Patriots in the joint practices, but the preseason game was a totally different story. Yeah, I mean, I don't think many of the Eagles' ones actually went out and played, but still, I mean, all the reports, like you said, like it was, oh, the Eagles are hitting the hell out of the Patriots today. They look more plugged in than the Patriots. And then it gets to the game time, and I don't, I don't know, what was the final, 38, 35, nothing? So I think it was, it was like, 35, nothing, yeah. So, so how much can you take away from these freaking – uh, joint practices, you know. See, I I look more. I don't know because like we've talked about this many times on the show. College, summer camps, like they don't mean shit until you can actually do it in the game situation. So that's why, like, I kind of look. I got excited seeing a couple things in the joint practices on both sides. Like, there's some good plays being made and whatever. The game, like you said, the Eagles didn't really play anybody. That's their number ones. They had Jalen Hurts for some reason, not play right before the game. Meanwhile, he's out there warming up, dancing around. Like, So I don't know what that situation is. I don't buy that he just had the, quote, stomach bug because he didn't play in their third preseason game either. So something's right. going on there. But for the Patriots, you got to like, you know, it seemed like Mac Jones had that offense going in a bit of a rhythm. Absolutely. I mean, I, I keep saying this. The offense looks more fluent. It looks more like the Patriots offense when Mac Jones is playing. And, you know, while everyone's talking about Mac Jones and Cam Newton and all that and, and the QB controversy – Anthony, that Patriot, I, I know it's preseason, but man, when you give up zero points, you got you got to at least give credit where it's due. Patriots defense has come to play in these first two preseason games. I think that's been the most impressive thing so far. Right, absolutely. And you know, I, last year I thought they looked younger on the defensive side of the ball. They moved faster, more athletic. They hit hard, which you know me, Mike. Yeah, I love the hard hitters. Really <laughs> set the tone back there. But no, yeah, I that, think the. Them keeping the shutout to me shows they have a lot of depth defensively, and I think that's going to be one of their biggest strengths in this upcoming season. Absolutely, and, and um, it's hard not to be a fan of their addition of Matt Judon because he's been terrific. I mean, he's just he's breaking th- he's breaking through two offensive linemen to get uh, to make tackles. So I mean, his ability to pass rush I think is absolutely going to help this team, and and the fact that they have Matt Judon and him looking good with the pass rush. I think that's going to set up the secondary as well because obviously the faster you get to the quarterback, the faster he has to get rid of it. So I think with, I think with that you know, extra pass rush from Matt Judon, it might, it might help 
the uh, Stephon Gilmore list secondary there. Yeah, he's been awesome, Mike. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. Awesome. Yeah, so I, I know, as you mentioned that, that Stephon Gilmore's still not even in camp or like. Yeah, playing. what the hell? Like, Jesus. That, that, and they pitch a shutout like that. Look, as you said, when you have a good defensive line like that, that takes so much pressure off the secondary. You Absolutely. Know, you rush in the quarter. So, again, another player it looks to me that's going to lose a negotiation when it comes with, to himself and Bill Belichick because Belichick, and I know it's just preseason and stuff like that, but he's not going to sweat it out. He's going to plug in the next guy to do the job. If they can't do it, he'll find somebody else. They just trade for a rookie cornerback this week. Uh, from the Ravens, so let's see if that has anything to do with it. But yeah, wait. Bill knows the situation, and I think he knew Gilmore was going to maybe be a holdout, and I think that's why Belichick invested more in the D-line. See, but I think it's stupid, though, because it's like, you know, I know you and I both think Stephon Gilmore is a little bit overrated, but it's like, man, you've invested so much into this team. The defense is your strong point. Just give the guy the extra $5 million. But if it's like... If he's looking for, like, a multi-year extension, it's like, okay, that's where things get complicated, and that's what it looks like it is. But, man, if it's just – I really hope it's not just a one-year thing because that would really piss me off if Belichick's holding out for that. Well, I mean, I don't know what the hell this situation, whether Gilmore wants more money or years, but yeah, we saw Bill – Bell Belichick is not going to fold in front of the team because then now it's like, well, another player will come up and be like, well, he got a contract, now I want mine. And that's how you get into trouble with these teams financially and bad attitudes. Let's not forget, Belichick for some reason held his starting cornerback out of a freaking Super Bowl game. I'm so I don't think, yeah, I don't think he's going to worry about a little contract negotiation as we've seen years past. I mean, right? Go back in was it '03 with Lloyd Malloy a week before the opening freaking week he cuts him. So Belichick does not care. To a certain extent. Yeah, but I know, but with the whole Brady thing, I think you've had, I think, I, I think you've had years of Brady being able to bail you out at times. And, you know, certainly going this year, it looks like, it looks like Cam Newton's probably going to be the starter. I just think you need that extra, that extra defensive star on that team. And, and, it, and, you know, I'm a big advocate for giving Gilmore that extra six million this year, especially when you have it. Cause like sometimes you're in cap jail and you can't really do anything about it. But I mean, like you have the money to do it right now. So I, I I just think that they should just give him the money because they're going to have to win some games on D this year. And if if Jonathan Jones is your number one guy, then pfft, I don't know, man. Right, but Mikey, you know, weren't we saying that going into 2015? They had they just let Revis go. They cut Browner, or they let him go. Uh, they got rid of Kyle Arrington, and they were going into that season with a, an unknown number one cornerback and Malcolm Butler at the time. Like, yeah, he made that great play in the Super Bowl. But that's all we knew out of Malcolm Butler. So I don't think Belichick's afraid with a questionable secondary like this. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's scared either. But like I said before, it's like I feel like I feel like in 2015, like you were winning games with your offense. You weren't really defense as, as heavily as you are now. You know, that's that's just my whole argument. That's a good point. I just it's it's very I totally forgot about the Gilmore dynamic. And, you know, I'm very excited to see this Patriots defense this season. You know, they're going to have some games early. Where they... throw... Yeah, but I, I'm sorry to cut you off, too. But, I mean, I'm really not. But, you know, this is the same This is the same guy who got torched week 17 when you had to, pl- when you had to play Tennessee the following week by, uh, who was it, Ryan Fitzpatrick or, or, on the Dolphins? Who? Yes, two years ago. Who the hell was he covering, Devontae Parker? So, it's like, I mean, I, I go back to the whole aspect of, I mean, the whole cornerback <laughs> thing in the NFL, like I've said this before, too. It doesn't last like it used to. You don't have your Revises. You don't have your Asamoahs and all that. But, like, I just think in today's NFL, you can throw on these guys. And, you know, if you want to tell me that they shouldn't make as much as they as, as they did in the past, fine. I would agree with you. But for one year, when your defense has to re- – I mean, uh, when your team has to rely on your defense, I think you should put whatever you can out there. So, I'm with you on that. Cornerbacks, I think when they get to the top of their game, what do they last? Maybe two seasons now? They don't really have that long sustain of, uh, at the top of the run there. I mean, when it comes to Gilmore, I'll give him this. He's been worth that contract because, look, he thinks he's a lot better than he is. That's right. my issue with him. He's not that greatest, you know, one of these top-tier guys of all time. He thinks he should be up there. I don't, but whatever. I will admit, he's earned that contract, and he's played through it, Okay. Uh, I don't, I wouldn't blame him that he wants a raise 
or wants another year or two, whatever. My issue is, is that, you know, maybe try to be a little different when we're, I mean that as go into camp and prove it like, Hey, you know, I just busted my ass for you, Bill. I'm here. You know, we made it through last season. I'm here. I want to complete and see what this defense is going to turn out to, because let's face it. He's still injured too. Well, if you can add Gilmore to this defense, you get that much better. And, and you mentioned the whole cornerbacks. They're not as good as they used to be as well. Well, that's because the league's a passing league. Now they, they want these receivers to make these great catches. So it's like, that's one job I would not want to be an NFL cornerback because you're just so far behind the eight ball. No matter how good you are, you're still giving up big plays and the offensive PI is barely called compared to the defensive PI. Right. And, um, Another argument uh, to be made against Stephon Gilmore is, I mean, in my opinion, he had that, uh, what was it, defensive player of the year? I mean, yeah. that's great. That's great he has that defensive player of the year. But, I mean, when you really look at it, was he really the, the best defensive player in football that season? Because, like, I, I don't know. I mean, the numbers might tell you so, but I don't know. The look at some of those games, the look at some of those uh, receivers on him that year, I mean, I just – thought he was a little overrated that's all right no and that's what i get uh, that's where i'm with you but again if you can get him on this defense you're that much better exactly you know and, and, it, and they like, have the money they have the money why did you just sound like the guy from um oh, what the hell is that show that you love seinfeld, seinfeld there yeah you just sound like the guy with the glasses newman no the guy that's in pretty woman george yeah he's got like the jason alexander yeah, but what's his name in the show? He's got the glasses, short, pudgy guy. Yeah, George Costanza. That guy. Yeah, yeah. You just sounded just like. <laughs> so I mean, laughing last and year. Lying and laughing. So 2019 All Pro Defensive Player of the Year. He is a two-time All Pro, four-time Pro Bowler, which the Pro Bowl is a joke anyway. But anyway, one-time Super Bowl champ. Who also got thrown on by Ryan Fitzpatrick very badly in that week. To throw that in there too. Okay, all right, Mike, you want to you're, – this is kind of weird. I'm the one defending the Pats today, and you're the one kind of against the players of the Patriots. See, like, no, but, like, it's weird because, like, I sound like I'm wishy-washy, but, like, it's like I think the guy's overrated, but I think this season you could really – like, like if if Stephon Gilmore is on your team, on your defense, even if he's overrated as a, as a defensive back, he's still one of the top two, top three players on your defense. Without a doubt, without a doubt. So, yeah, that's kind of my argument. It's like, could you get by with the guy? Maybe. Are you going to make the playoffs without the guy? I don't know. Well, final preseason game tonight. It's going to be interesting to see um, what they do because they have that extra week with no games before the regular season because there's only three preseason games this year. So, you know, after tonight, I think we're going to see something happen with Gilmore, whether he's gone or extended pretty damn soon. I've, I I hope it's sooner rather than later because if it happens now, it'll be a lot. It'll be a lot easy to take in as opposed to later. Because, I mean, it it, it gets kind of awkward the closer you get to the season. Because I mean, he's not around right now. You know, the game's around the corner soon, and it's like you haven't been here. So how much, like, how much are you really going to contribute? Whereas opposed to, you know, if you don't play in preseason, whatever. But if you're here, if you're here tomorrow or you're here in one of these next few days, I, I, I think the future of his, you know ability to play well will be a lot better yeah no i'm with you man you can't you know game practice is different than just working out and then i'm coming off an injury too that's the right practice speed is different than just working out and obviously game speed is different than working out with practice speed so i get that i i again that's why i said i would see him you know show up to camp ball out and then be like dude like what else do i have to do like i'm rooting for stefan gilmore to quote unquote like Wes welker said that one time shove it in Bill's face. Like, that would be great. I would love to see Gilmore come into town to do that. But I also understand he's got to make a business decision as well. He's totally made it uh, work through that five-year contract he signed when he signed from Buffalo. Yeah, and, you know, I also understand Belichick's view on this too because it's like, it's like, dude, you've had some great seasons for me, but guess what? You're coming off an injury. How are you going to look? Are you going to look like a top cornerback in the league and I'm going to give you that money? Or you're gonna look like a mid a mid range guy, and I'm gonna give you that money. I want to see it coming off an injury because that's not something you want to mess with. You don't want to give a guy that right. kind of money and not know what he's gonna like post injury. So I mean, it's 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 kind of a weird weird situation. 
Well, let's face it, injury or no injury, I don't think Belichick really cares for the whole contract negotiation. I mean, shit, didn't he didn't he get rid of Darrell uh, well obviously Revis, but um the other one twenty four but um Ty Law. Didn't he get rid of Ty Law with this kind of same situation? Yeah. So Belichick's ego is just it always plays in with this kind of stuff. I think this would have happened, injury or no injury, with regards cut, to Gilmore. And he also traded Richard Seymour because he went to his grandfather's funeral during camp. Yeah. And then they blew the first round pick. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, getting back on track because as usual, you and I just go off the rails here. You know, the preseason game against the Eagles was nice. Good to see the depth right there for them. I'm curious to see how much they're going to play tonight against the Giants. I mean, they had another joint practice with them down in Jersey at the Meadowlands. I want to see the ones play from the start, it probably till about halfway through the third quarter. Yeah, I mean, I want to see what they look like. I want to see them go even further. I want to see them play about, you know, into the fourth quarter. Because, you know, it's a long season. I get it. You want to get guys rested. But it's like, dude, if he, like, this is... This is what's going to make you play well toward the end of the season if you get those extra reps now. So, you know, it's it's an extra game this year. I want to I see these guys get conditioned tonight in this in this last tune-up game before the regular season starts because it, it, it is a long season, number one, and it's like, okay, like you're not playing next Sunday. You're playing a week, a week from – I think it's two weeks from today, right, they start? Yes, yes. So it's like are you going to be a bit rusty going into week one if you don't play much tonight? Maybe. So, you know, I'd like to see these guys play a little more than normal. And and just one more thing to add, I, I'm i mad I listen to talk radio because I picked up on this and I'm mad someone fucking mentioned it. But, you know, the whole preseason, right, It's always it's been, well, Cam's a starting quarterback until someone plays better than Cam. And then Belichick in his most recent conference was asked about, you know, like how he's going to manage the quarterback situation going into week one. And he's like, ah, well, I haven't given much thought about it, blah, blah, blah. He's kind of like pushed the question. is weird because it's like, well, it's always been Cam's the guy, Cam's the guy. And now you're not saying Cam's the guy. So is it because is, is it because he was a, a numbskull about what he did the other day when he went out of town for his uh, his medical visit? Or is it because, you know, Mac Jones actually creeped up and Belichick's thinking, I might have something here, and he might be able to play week one. I don't know, but I thought that was a little bit strange. So that's perfect segue into our next point, Mikey. Cam Newton gets the okay to go, what is it, like out of town to get his medical situation. You know, he, he it seemed like he got the okay so to got do the all this and get tested. But then when he comes back, he finds out, no, he wasn't allowed to. So now he's out five days uh, due to the COVID protocols. Do I have that right? Yeah. Okay, so this to me is very – it's okay for two two kind of different tangents here. One, yeah, I feel like Cam Newton was set up in a way to kind of – he was in a no-win situation. Like you're told you can do that, and then all of a sudden, oh. And, and, and the Patriots, as one of the teams that we've seen in the past, rub it in teams' faces that we know the rules. You need to learn the rules. Now they're going to play like, oh, they didn't know the rules. This seems weird to me, and I'm playing on my own little devil's advocate here. I really hope the Patriots didn't do something like this to really give more of an open chance to Mac Jones, give him more of the keys to the car type of thing, and let him take it over. Because if that's the situation, I don't want Mac Jones as my number one quarterback to start the season where you had to set something up to have the other guy fail in order for the guy you just drafted to take the lead. Like I, That just seems weird to me. I mean, if you ask me, I think Cam Newton's already failed even before the season started. So, I mean, that's I'm not going to fight you on that one. What do you mean? Well, I just think, you know, looking at last year's season and his ability to throw his disability to throw the ball, I just think, I just think it's stupid to have to go to the guy again and have this whole QB controversy again. Just let, just let Mac Jones be the guy. You've already seen enough of Cam Newton. You know, if it's close, if Cam Newton is close with a rookie quarterback in camp and preseason, which it seems like it is, it seems like it's pretty close. Then it's the kid. Then the kid wins, in my opinion. Right. No, and and we talked about that last episode. I get that, but it's like. Look, Cam has – throwing-wise, he has improved since last season, okay? We get that. I, I, I guess. Okay, the offense has more weapons, more opportunities for Cam to succeed, okay? I get that as well. Even if they are going neck and neck, and you have to – let's call it what it is, maybe sabotage Cam Newton to really give – fucking... to give Mac Jones a better look. Like, that just seems weird to me. That, it's, it's, something, it's a little weaselly. 
Yeah, two and two doesn't add up to me on that one. It's like, is Mac Jones really the guy, or did you have to give him this building excuse to really let him pull forward? Yeah, you had to go out of town, dude. You don't have the best doctors in the freaking world 20 minutes away. Like, Jesus. Yeah, something – and this is against the Patriots on my end. I'm not blaming Cam Newton. Like, you get the okay to do it, you can do it. But something with the Patriots, that just doesn't seem right to me. I mean, I think it hasn't seemed right since Cam Newton's come here. Because Cam Newton, you know, it's just – even from the get-go, it's been – how the hell is Cam and Bill going to mesh? How is Cam and Bill going to mesh? Cam Newton and Belichick, two different styles. Well, I mean, I think Belichick's kissed the guy's ass enough, and he keeps and he keeps on doing it because you know once he came back, he was in there. He would he didn't get all like all the reps, and they, I think Mac Jones had some he stole from Cam Newton. But it's like it's like, dude, when is enough enough? Well, look, look, let's face it. Both Belichick and Cam Newton have kissed each other's ass since day one last year. Like, they both played the game. We got it. I think they performed the human centipede on each other. (laughs) But my point is, Mikey, how much faith and confidence should we have in Mac Jones that even if he doesn't know this, okay, that he needed Cam Newton to almost be sabotaged to take over the reins as QB1? That's what I'm having the biggest issue with. Like, did did Mac Jones really earn – Yes. This number one spot. Yes. Because, again, everything I saw, Kim Newton's had – look, he's both quarterbacks have had up and down days. We get that. Kim Newton's had a lot of up days and to the point where I'm like, they're really going to start Kim Newton. And then, obviously, this that last week happens where he has to be out for five days because of COVID protocol. And it's like, I just – I hope that wasn't a Patriot idea, I guess we'll call it. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with you. I just, I just think at this point, man, how – if you put – you can't afford losses. You cannot afford losses this season at all. And if you put Cam Newton out there and you start 0-2, which they probably won't, but let's just play the game. They start 0-2 and Cam Newton's a quarterback? Well, that's I, – I I don't know if you lose the first two games if Mac Jones is the quarterback, you know, because it's like the whole efficiency thing is just – is just is is where I look at it and I go, well, it, 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 it just looks a whole lot more efficient with, with Mac Jones. Well, looking at the schedule right now, week one against the Miami Dolphins. Should be a win. Should, should be a win. Should. They, they did the exact same situation as last year with Cam Newton at quarterback and the Patriots won. So let, let's let's say Cam Newton goes 1-0 right there. Week two, they're at the New York Jets. Look, I'm going to fall for the banana of the tailpipe once again with this Jets team. I love this Zach Wilson kid. I think that's going to be a hell of a game regardless. So – you know, I think week one's going to be a win, whether it's Cam or Mac at quarterback. Because but it's I think like, the, okay. the Dolphins are in a tailspin. You just mentioned the first two games. They should be a win. That's Miami, and that's the Jets. So, I mean, if your schedule is kind of a cakewalk the first few weeks, wouldn't you want the rookie to get out there and see how he does against the freaking cakewalk schedule instead of freaking Cam Newton? Right, right. And, hey, I'm with you. I wanted Mac to be the starter. Okay, because week three, it's the Saints. They just named... Um, Winston, Jameis Winston, their starting yep. quarterback. My issue is how, and let's let's pretend that right now Mac Jones is the week one starter. My issue is how we got to this point. I really hope Cam Newton wasn't told one thing when the Patriots knew the other thing, the the ramifications from it. That's what I hope. I hope. Look, if Mac Jones stepped in there and beat him fair and square, great. I'm happy with that. But if Cam Newton was on set to be the starter and Something got a little iffy there. That's what I don't like. Yeah. Again, I still don't think the Patriots set him up because, you know, I heard some of the reports coming out that the Patriots or some members in the organization were irritated with Newton. So, you know, I'd like to hope that, you know, Cam Newton approached the team, you know, Belichick, some other guys, and was like, look, I want to go out of town. I want to do this, X, Y, Z. I don't know what he did. I'm just going to say X, Y, and Z. And then Bel- and, and Belichick's mind, he's like, you know what? Go. If you don't want to compete for a starting job, I got a kid here who is. And I hope that is the case. Look, I'll say one thing before we move on. Remember last episode two weeks ago we talked about, you know, Mac Jones played a lot in that preseason game against Washington. Kim Newton, the next day or so, comes out with a post on Instagram kind of saying something about, you know, his stature in the league. He deserves some loyalty, something like that. I'm paraphrasing. And then a week later – he gets a wrong, the okay to do something when it maybe shouldn't. I don't know. I, that's what I'm saying. I think there's something there that just does not add up right. Something definitely stinks about the whole thing. I, I 100% agree with that. 
So, and we'll leave it at that. So let's see. I'm very much looking forward to seeing the Patriots and the Giants in action today. I want to see, look, uh, it's a preseason game, Mike, you know, it doesn't mean shit in the standings, obviously, but I want to see who plays and for how long and stuff like that. So obviously we'll talk about it next episode as well. Um, One thing. Oh, I did see this one report though, because Cam Newton wasn't there this week in the joint practices against the Pats and Giants. The, the lineman, the offensive lineman for the Patriots kind of got into some um, pushing and shoving with the Giants D lineman. So both the, the offensive line and the defensive line, Pats and Giants, they had to run laps. Well, sure as shit, who joins his offensive line in running the laps where he didn't have to was Mac Jones. I mean, hey, establish your presence, man. That's a right? captain right there. So let's see. Let's see what happens there. Uh, Mikey, this past week, just the other day, the Patriots, they make a trade. They trade their former first-round pick, the running back, Sony Michelle, that they drafted in the first round. I'm going to stand I, by this. In 2018, first-round running back, Sony Michelle. Uh, again, Mikey, they drafted him in the first round. They traded the first-rounder to the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, they got back, I think, a couple of footballs or whatever. But, Mikey, how do you feel about the Patriots trading their first-round running back across the country? I'm okay with it. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with them trading him, and I'm also fine with them with that draft pick. I'm fine with it because – should I explain myself again? I mean, this is a radio podcast. I think that's kind of what was, we're supposed to do. Yeah, I was just wondering if, <laughs> if, if you wanted to hear the nonsense. But, you know, I just think of the whole thing as, look, if you're contending for a Super Bowl I ha- and you need a guy for a running back position, I have no problem with, you know, a running back being selected as your first-round pick because – in most most years now, running backs aren't go, aren't really going top five anymore, and rightfully so. So if you can get the top running back in the draft, or one of the top running backs out of the draft, and if he's not the top running back, if you want to argue Sony Michelle wasn't the best running back of that draft, which he wasn't, fine. But he helped the team, and he sure as hell helped you, and is a big reason why you won that fine that last Super Bowl with Tom Brady. If if you're competing for a Super Bowl, I have no problem with it. The Pittsburgh Steelers just did it this past year with Najee Harris. They drafted him in the first round. I think it was somewhere in the in like the mid twenties, and he's going to get plugged in right away, immediately, and be their backup. Is he going to be the greatest running back of all time? Probably not. Who cares? But they're competing for a Super Bowl. They just let their, you know, that's the same team that also let James Conner go to Arizona, who had some good years in Pittsburgh as well. So, so they let him go. They replaced him with the first round pick because they're competing for a Super Bowl still. That team, I don't care what anyone says, that team is still trying to win a Super Bowl in Pittsburgh. And you know what? I have no problem with what they did either. So, first of all, Sony Michelle wasn't even the best running back on his college team. That was Nick Chubb. Yeah. Okay, so he's the better running back. And I believe, was Chubb drafted in the second round by the Browns? He's the better player. Yeah, I agree okay. with you. Okay, thank you. So, second round pick. Uh, I'm not going to argue. So, big factor in the Patriots on the road to that Super Bowl and winning that Super Bowl. He was huge in that Kansas City game on the road. The same Kansas City game that if D4 doesn't line up offsides, Kansas City intercepts the ball and they go to the Super Bowl. And if, okay. And, and, and if Belichick didn't go to the friggin' old orchards, do they still win that game? Oh, I don't want to play the what if game. What, what are you talking about? Because that was the same night Belichick went to old that friggin' uh, massage parlor in Florida, then flew out to Kansas City for the AFC Championship game. It wasn't Belichick, it was Crafty. I meant Kraft, my bad. <laughs> Fuck off. You know what I meant. Yes. Um, Again, Sony Michelle did a nice job running in that Super Bowl against the Rams, the second one. But, Mikey, honestly tell me what was the biggest play offensively in that Super Bowl. What was the biggest play? Probably that pass to Gronk. Okay. That put him up, what, the two-yard line? Let's and then see. So, yeah, and then Sony Michelle snuck in those two yards. Right, right. So, uh, let me let me say, I'm off the top of my head, a couple of – couple of Patriot running backs that I've seen just take the ball and fall forward two yards without trying to. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the guy that won two Super Bowls in a row before that. LeGarrette Blunt, I've seen him do that. Uh, James White, I've seen him do that. Uh, Antoine Smith, if you want to go back to the early days. Corey Dillon. Uh, who did the – Stephen Ridley? Want to go Stephen Ridley too? I'll go Stephen Ridley. Fuck, okay, I'll even go right. Shane Vereen, Mikey. Okay, but guess what? Those guys all fumble the ball. I don't think Sony Michelle really puts the ball on the ground that much. I think that's the big difference. That is the big difference, in my opinion. And guess what? Guess how much the Patriots valued that Zippo because they didn't give him a second contract. They shipped his his injured knee ass across the country to L.A. He did what he had to do when he was in New England. Sony Michelle did. I'm what not he was arguing here to that, do. Mikey. I'm so not I'm, saying that. My so point you don't is, like you could. Pick? 
I don't like it in the first round. You okay, can find somebody in the third I'm or fourth round, i.e., like James White, that can do plenty more at the running back position. Well, maybe that guy puts the ball on the ground in the third or fourth round. Because I saw Nick Chubb had the biggest fumbling issues in Foxborough a few years ago. Remember that game where he couldn't stop fumbling the ball? No, actually, I don't. Okay, well, here's what happened. Is he still with the saying, Cle- Is he still with the I, Cleveland Browns? Yes. Okay. So guess what? Remember Ben Jarvis Green Ellis? He didn't fumble and at all in New England. And then he fumbled we, in Cincinnati. Because they got rid of him. You don't invest heavily in the running backs, Mikey. If, if you're competing for a Super Bowl, you can. No, you. Yes, you can. No, you don't. No, you don't. You can't just stick anyone back there. You want to stick Steve? Yes, Ridley you back can. There? Do you want to stick Stephen Ridley back there and have him fumble the ball three times in a game? No, Guess I don't. What? Guess what? They've replaced him off with LeGarrette Blunt with the – hold on a second. I'm fumble-fucking my words here. They've replaced him with oh, LeGarrette Blunt halfway through that season. Words, you fit right in with Nick Chubb. <laughs> <You fit laughs> and right Stephen Ridley. Blunt. And, and you guess fit right what, in Mikey? with Stephen Ridley. Yep, yep. And guess what? Shane Vereen didn't fumble the football. James White doesn't fumble the football. Kevin Falk didn't fumble the football. Okay, and Swan Smith fine. didn't. Okay, you fine. can plug and place running backs. It's so obvious. I don't know why we're still doing this discussion. Of the last six years, who's Belichick's best number one draft pick? In the first round? Yeah. I don't Sony know. Michelle. I can't... Sony Michelle. Are you sure about that? And what, and, okay, you okay. You want to play that game, Mikey? Fine. Yeah, it's his best first round draft pick. And guess what? He it didn't get a, a second contract here. And it won him a Super Bowl. And the defense won him that Super Bowl. And Tom Brady playing a hell of a game in Kansas City. And, oh, let's not forget, they should have lost that game in Kansas City if it wasn't for the offside call by that idiot D4. And, so, and, the, and the one game you're missing is that three-touchdown game from, from uh, Sony Michelle against the Chargers. I saw Jonas Gray get four against the fucking Colts, Mikey, in 2014. You know how many games he played? None. Dude, that was like one game. Again, and they won the Super Bowl with LeGarrette Blunt as their running back. Okay. Well, I, you it's just he had what 201 yards, four touchdowns to Jonas I just, Gray, I just and you never you heard from the guy again. There. You can't stick anyone back there. Yes, you. You're, dude. You are, you are underplaying. You are undervalued. I don't know how the fuck to put it, but I don't think you're taking into account uh, the whole aspect of putting the ball on the ground and what that can do. You can find somebody else that doesn't do it, Mikey. These running backs, they like you look at Dallas. You I look wouldn't at pay them. I wouldn't give them two. I wouldn't give them another contract. But I might. Yeah. You so then, why are you going to waste a first, first round pick on that? Okay. If you want, if you want to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars taking the running back who just tore his ACL in the first round, stupid. They already had a Pro Bowl running back there in uh, in Jacksonville too. So. They're, they are stupid. You know what? They're not competing for a Super Bowl. That is stupid. You're competing for a Super Bowl. You need the running back. You, you have to pay him the freaking rookie minimum, whatever that is. I don't know what the hell that is for a running back late in the round. But guess what? If you're competing for a Super Bowl, it's, it's doable. You can get by with it. You can get by with it. No. If, if I'm competing for a Super Bowl, I'm throw- and again, I know they had two first-round picks in 18 when they drafted Michelle. Guess what? They used the other first-round pick on an old lineman who can't even freaking get on the field. He's always injured. So then who guess else were what? they going to draft besides Sony Michelle? I don't know, Mikey. Maybe another player in the secondary. Maybe oh. someone on the defensive line as well. Oh, or, I don't know, maybe the, a linebacker because Dante Hightower is getting older. Another, another bust in the secondary in the first round? Oh, yeah, I saw Joe Juwan Williams get taken. How's he doing? It's Jawan Williams, you idiot. That's how it's said. That's how it looks like it's said. Joe Juwan. That's how it... Guess what? I like my chances picking there better than at the running back. When I know I can get somebody from some scrap Division Two team to carry the football and get me X amount of yards per carry. Not in year one. Mikey, they have a, a guy in the fourth round. Uh, I just saw the tweet last night from Lewis Riddick that has been tearing it up for the Patriots. A fourth rounder. That No wonder why they got rid of the guy from the first round. He's been tearing and, and it up. You still have a guy. When was James Wright drafted? Fourth round pick from Wisconsin? He's a specialty back. Doesn't matter. They drafted him in the fourth freaking round. Okay. You don't waste your time and, and money in your draft picks, your first round picks with a running back. And where's James White on the depth chart? Where's this new guy on the depth chart? That's right. They're two and three, three and four, maybe. So who's your starting running back? Damian Harris. Wait, what round did they draft him in? I don't remember. I think it was the fourth. Okay. Thank you. 
That's fine. And you know what? That's fine. But guess what? Are they competing for a Super Bowl? Well, if this defense plays as good as we both just said they're going to be, then maybe. I mean, I mean, it's it, it's kind of stupid because they didn't draft him this past year. So I, that's kind of a, a, a different argument, I guess. But I, I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. If you draft the guy in the fourth round, who the hell knows when he's going to be NFL ready? You draft a running back in the first round, he's probably NFL ready. And guess what, Mikey? You're not. You wasted that money that you could have invested in a free agent or somewhere else. Okay, your, whatever. Yeah, lineup. whatever. Next, <laughs> dude. You're just like my brother when we get into arguments. <laughs> oh shit, Mikey. I like that. I liked that one though. That was a good one. We finally disagreed. Yeah. Uh. Oh, by the way, I gotta ask you on your Instagram post. Oh, did you boy. know that that little sash was upside down? What's that? Did you know that the fantasy football thing that you were wearing was upside down? Yeah. Oh, so it was on purpose? Yeah. Oh, all right. Never mind. I look like an idiot then. Uh, Mikey, going over the rundown this week, you texted me that you wanted to add something about your favorite goalie, Tuka Rass, to this week's show. The floor is yours, my friend. I just want to st- – are we done with the guy? Are we done with this emotional attachment between, between – uh, see, this is why Belichick is the greatest. He doesn't operate with this emotion – Bullshit, like the Bruins do with, with oh, 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 I, I don't want to play anywhere else. I want to be here. It's not about the money. Thanks, Tuka. Enough's enough. Love you, mean it. You're a great dude. We just signed a goalie for for four years, five million a year. Okay, we think we have our next goalie in Jeremy Swayman in the future. Thanks for all your years of service, but right now I don't think it's the best time to have you back on this team. Look, you're going in for surgery. You had surgery. Who the hell knows when you're going to be back? Enough's enough. Enough is enough. Oh, I can't believe they're about to do this again. And they're probably going to do it because they're probably going to call Marshy in. They're probably going to call Bergy in. And who the hell other to have them say, we want Tuka Ras back next year. And guess what? Tuka Ras comes back. It's going to be great. Great. We'll get into the playoffs. We might even win a series. But guess what? We ain't getting past that second round. Not with him and that because we need a guy who's capable of stealing a fucking round. I don't know if Rask can do that, especially post-surgery. Who the hell knows if he's even going to, you know, if he gets to February and goes, oh, I need, I need another two weeks off because of whatever freaking reason he comes up with next, I'm going to explode because enough is enough. It's been too long with the same old bullshit with him. I can't play here. I need time off. I need a month off with my family. I got to leave the bubble. Okay, we finally don't have to pay you anymore, okay? Thank you. You're a great dude. You are a fantastic individual. Time's up, my friend. Time's up. What a rant. Uh, if somebody signed a fucking goalie for five million bucks, now you want to have three? It's like, it's like you can't. Dr- so, okay, fine. Now Ras decides he wants to play. Oh, yeah, I'm going to come back and play. I'm playing now. I'm the goalie. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the number one goalie here. So, okay, yeah, $5 million in the net. Now we're going to place $5 million on the freaking pine. Oh, I, that psyched me out big time. So, first of all, what a rant if the one that controls our Instagram account, hint, hint, that was should be posted. That was fucking I forgot, epic. I, I love it. The password to that, to be honest. Anyway, getting real quick. A side note: Damian Harris, running back for the Patriots, drafted in the third round. So just third, wanted to okay. just wanted to really hammer home my point on that one. <laughs> Fuck Second up. of all, again, I would be saying, you know what? Sign Tuca for two dollars if you can. You know, all he, what do he you say? He'll take two hundred thousand and a bunch of Bud Lights. Great. You know, I'm with you. You've convinced me. Was it uh, after that game five against the Islanders? Like, what is Don Sweeney doing? Okay, like you just said, they signed Linus Omar, a big contract, five million per year. You have Swayman ready to go, potentially. Why are you going to entertain this? It's no Why? kidding. It's like, like, it's is he the... trying to pamper Bar- uh, Bergeron and Marshawn still? Like, what are you doing? Like, you're done with Tuca. You're done letting him think. You know what? This is the year, and then he pulls out at the very end. Like, it's. Just move on from the guy. You're all set in the net. Move yep. on. And it's just like, it's like, if you want to tell me that Swayman needs a little more time, he only had 10 games, I get that. I get that. But in the 10 games that Swayman has played, I think I, I think he can start. If you want to tell me he's not ready to start and, may, and should maybe come start as a backup and work his way up from that this season, fine. So what are we going to do? We're going to stick Swayman in Providence the whole fucking year because Tuca doesn't make up his mind? Like, oh, this is... I feel like, see, I feel like most kids, I mean, I feel like most teams ruin their goalie by overdoing it too quickly. 
I think the Bruins might overdoing it by doing it too late because it's like Swayman's already been up here. He's shown he can play. I get it. You want to take time. You want to take time, put him on the bench to start the season. Fine. You have Allmark for $5 million bucks Now, now all of a sudden, when Tuke comes back, okay, Jeremy, now you're a third goalie. Sorry, bud. And it, his confidence goes to shit. Who the hell knows what happens there? I just The, the whole thing is not going to end well. Not going to end well. Well, my thing with Swayman is, look, he did look good while he was up this year. Let's see him do it throughout a full 82-game regular season schedule. That's what I want to see with Swayman. You couldn't, like, and I get it. Tuca's going to be out till at least January, and he would be cheap. But you know what you have with the guy off the ice. You know he can be a little bit of a distraction. Why do you want to entertain that? There's so many other free agent goalies you could have brought in to be a third-string guy, even fill in a little bit if Omar struggles or Swayman hits a bit of a rookie wall. Like, why do you want to try to wait? It's like it's like uh, an ex-relationship. Why do you because Bergy likes move them. on? Marshy likes them. We all yeah. Love well, them. guess what? Do they like going home in the second round when they should be moving on? Bingo. Fucking annoying as shit. It really is. I mean, I'm sorry. They they got to move on from Tuca. You had your chance with them in 19. You couldn't do it. You got to just move on, and hopefully somebody else can come in and ke- get some fire as a third string guy, and and really be that guy to help Swayman off the ice if you had to, uh, and, and also provide more of a competition feel with Linus Allmark. See, it's just, you know, I wanted Rask to prove me wrong and shut my little ass up so badly. <laughs> I really wanted him to just shove whatever I said about him down my throat, and he didn't. He didn't. And it's like, I want I want to like the guy so bad because he seems – Dude, he seems like one of the cooler dudes in the NHL, too, Garat. He really does. Right. But it's like, dude, it's 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 just sometimes he just doesn't give you a choice. Sometimes you, it's it's just not even an option. Right. I mean, and again, as you said, this isn't a knock on Tuka off the ice or him as a person. It's just right when it comes to him leading your team, you know you have. And, and why like, do the Bruins? That's a definition of insanity. Doing the same thing, thinking you'll get a different result. Why do they keep putting all their eggs in this basket? I wanted Tuka to shut up all you Bruin fans this year. I really did. And then after that pathetic performance in game five against the Islanders, just, just, that's it. Move on. But it's like, dude, for everyone like me who bashes the shit out of Tuga, there's someone else out there just giving him care bear love. You can't blame Tuka. That's on the defense. That was just a good shot. It's hard to save that. Oh, Tuka's hurt, blah, blah, blah. Like we keep saying, though, you keep proving our point. Like we keep saying, it's all ways something. And not and just to quickly mention, the guy was making like seven million, seven and a half, eight million bucks a year. So he's if he's getting paid like your top dog, he should be playing like your top dog. He wasn't. Look, he took him to two Stanley Cup finals, so let's not discount that. And then oh. shit his pants, right? <laughs> okay. No, that was that was the end of the twenty sixteen season. I just think look, if if we're gonna compare these guys I'm going to com- – well, I don't say we. I'm going to compare these guys. I think goalies, running backs can be kind of similar, you know. It's like it's like you have all these elite guys, right? Like I've gone through the list before. Lundqvist, Carey Price, Tuka Rask, Ryan Miller, some of these guys who have been top-notch goaltenders their entire career. They've always been considered elite or top five or whatever. And the, and the one thing all those guys have in common – they have zero cups. The one exception over the last few years has been Vasilevsky because he's been sick. He's been absolutely nasty. He's been the one exception. But but those are, but that other bunch of guys, those other goalies, they haven't won shit. Well, I mean, as in shit, I, just, I shouldn't say shit. They have a couple of, uh, you know. Vesnas. A, a few Vesnas and, t- and, and stuff like that. And they have played well in the playoffs at times. But the one common factor of all those elite goalies is zero cups. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like, do you really? So it's like, should you really pay them? I don't. I, I don't know. Well, the problem is, the GMs pay the goalies, but then they, they almost bankrupt the team. They can't put a better team around them, so that's the problem. It makes the goalies look bad. Yeah, but I mean, if you look at the way Tuca, in the regular season, he's always there. He's putting up the numbers. It's just something in the playoffs. He just cannot one hundred percent complete it. And if you're the Bruins. I That's... get it. They want to. They want to go for the one more run. I guess at the cup. How many fucking times are we gonna say that though? It's yeah, like, that oh, you're telling me, Mikey. 
One more. Okay, St. Louis here. One more run of the cup. We lose the cup. Let's take one more stab at it, and then and then, and then fucking COVID hits. Let's take one more run at it this year, and now here we are again. Where are I'm we? With, hey, one more run. It's like as oh, somebody who wants the Bruins God. to go 0 and 82. I'm with you. I'm sick yeah. of hearing it. This is the year. It's the, they got one or two years left. You know, it's the same thing with the Celtics. I can't wait till they're done. So I have to stop hearing every effing free agent wants to go to the Celtics. Like I can't stand that. Trust me. I'm sick yeah. of hearing when are the Bruins going to be done with their shit. So you're not going to get an argument with me there. I do think though it is their like final season to really make a push, especially without any crazy. But you know, I, I don't. They're going to. The Bruins are trying to pull a Tampa Bay Lightning and bring Krejci back to the playoffs and go over the cap. I mean, let's face it. It is what it is. I mean, yeah, he did come out and say that he has no plans on returning to the Bruins, but, I mean, he says says that now. Let's see how he feels in six months. Yeah. You know what? Until you see, you know, a dollar figure, let's wait and see. Right. Uh, Mikey, you had a comment about some weathermen. Oh, I just get so fucking pissed because, you know, I'm one of those people who I'm like, you know, Played softball with you. You've been on my team for quite a while until this year, so it's like you know, you see forecasts. You say, okay, let's just let's just wait till it rains to see if it actually rains, so we can postpone things. But last week, I really wanted to play, right? And we and we probably wouldn't have played, but I had to listen to the whole the whole fucking week leading up to Saturday. I had to I I had to listen to the bullshit about hurricane hurricane Henri Henri whatever the hell the French people say Henri. But, Henri, Hurricane Henri is going to hit. Go to the grocery store, buy your food, stock up, do this, do that. There's, there's a tropical storm coming. Saturday, Sunday morning comes. Rain. A little bit. A little bit of rain. A little bit of wind. Any other rain? It's like any other fucking thunderstorm, any other fucking rainstorm. Oh, but we got the fucking hurricane coming. Oh, my God. Oh, what are we going to do? We gotta... No one knows shit till the fucking weather's going to hit. I understand that parts of New England, parts of southern New England, like Rhode Island, parts of Rhode Island got hit pretty hard. But it's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. We're going to hurricane. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And then nothing fucking happens. It's like the snowstorms, you know, because I got duped so many fucking times as a kid in high school and middle school going, oh, my God, we're getting a storm next week. There's going to be no school. No school this day. Then the fucking morning comes. There's like half inch of snow out there. I'm like, oh, yeah. great. Now I got to go to school. It's like. I've been I've I've had this battle with weathermen for a while, and one of the only weathermen I liked was the guy you used to work near. You actually got me his autograph, and you know I don't want to trash him. Yeah, I don't want to trash him, but he's he's a great he's a great meteorologist. But for the most part, a lot of these people, man, in the fucking in their fucking stupid weather forecast that's probably gonna change five freaking times in the next two hours. You just it drives me absolutely nuts. So I'm totally with you on the snow day thing, <clears throat> especially like growing up working for my dad. He'd be like, oh, it's supposed to rain tomorrow. I'll be working, you know, doing construction outside. I'll never forget. There was one time I went out to watch a football game on like a Thursday night. Have a back at the time. It was I think it was like 2016. Have a beer or two or whatever, you know, stayed out late. Didn't get home till 1:30 in the morning. Wake up. For my dad, it was around 4.30 to get to the job site. It's kind of far away. And I'm like, oh, I'll be cool. It's supposed to rain. I, I set an alarm just in case because I always like to check my phone or whatever. Oh. Fucking bone dry outside. That was the worst Friday I ever worked for my dad. You just hung over to the max. Like, oh, every step you take, you can hear yourself blink. And that's when I'm like, this sucks. They can't trust him. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned the weatherman that you said that um, you can only rely on because my dad feels the exact same way. Like no matter what's what his name again, I'm not saying it, but no matter what channel it is, my dad switches it over, waits for this one guy to come on because when my dad's got a snow plow or again with rain, he only trusts this one guy because he's always accurate. Yeah. And he's got and a he's nice like everybody else. As you said, Mikey, they too. just kind of throw bells and whistles for the ratings. They but this one guy free- my dad relies on and he's very good at what he does. Yeah. They hold that stupid dental floss thing and look important. <laughs> what? That little string that, that like presses the slides. You know what I'm talking about? A dental floss thing? No, but like when they when they're holding that little thing in their hand that like changes the slides of like the weather diagram and all that stuff. Oh, a they, clicker. Yeah, they used to have like they used to be like this giant string hang. I don't know if it still does. I haven't watched the news in years. But like, no, they've made them smaller. They made them small. Okay, so you know, years ago they would be like the clicker, but there'd be like a string hanging off it, and, and like it looked like a piece of dental floss, which sucks. <laughs> 
which I'd always be like, why is this guy holding a string or something? Like, like what? Oh, my God. I think I know what you're talking. It was circular. Maybe, I think so. It almost looked like a small flashlight. Yeah. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about now. It's so funny. Have you ever, like, seen how a weatherman does their, a woman does their job? It's kind of fucked up. Like, they only have a green screen that they're pointing to. But, like, the guy we were talking about that I used to watch at work, he had the whole maps in front of him on his screen. Like, it was so cool how he did it. I'd, but I'd be pointing to, like, the wrong state. I'd be like, oh, it's supposed to. I think it's supposed to rain tomorrow in Rhode Island. Be pointing. Maybe that's Texas. the real problem. Yeah. Maybe that's yeah. why they don't know what the hell's going on with the weather because they're looking at a freaking green screen and they just like taking a wild. It's like pin the tail on the donkey, right? This is where the storm's gonna hit. Pin the tail on the donkey and blindfolding it. Maybe. Hey, by the way, Jay Glazer tweeting out that the Dretch are trying to pull off a trade today, so we'll see if that trade Wait, happens. Are there any? Are there any details about that yet? No. All he just literally tweeted was Jets trying to swing a trade today. What? Well, that's fucking helpful. No position, no rumors. <laughs> Maybe it's the Winnipeg Jets, so we'll have to see. But the Jets are looking at a defensive end. The Jets are looking at a goalie for you know hockey football. No fucking no clap. Oh, the Jets are looking around for a trade. I'm sure every fucking team is right now. Jesus. So we'll have to see what Jay happens. Glazer, yeah, glaze this. <laughs> hey, Glazer's very well tuned in. I'm Absolutely joking, shredded Glazer. too. You, you ever I'm see joking. that guy? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not gonna fuck with that guy. Dude, speaking of guys, you ever see Trent Dilfer? Holy shit! <laughs> I just, I just weaseled you into that one. Uh, look, <laughs> but, uh, dude, we had a my friend Mike and I from Philly had a good conversation on Twitter. We uh, dis- we agreed to disagree on our stances. Hey, it's guess what? what? It's it's 2021. Him and I had a great back and forth. No insults, no name calling. He's a good guy. So next, I. I've already, you know, next time I'm in Philly, going to hit him up, catch a steak or two, hopefully watch a Fly Guys W. See, I just, I just heard... look, I just think if you're the head coach in a football mindset, okay, let's, let's dumb it down to football. College is different, different. First of all, you're an ex NFL player. Like, just so take that into consideration. You're dealing with young kids in high school classes. Again, we don't know the full context of the story or the video. That's the kid might have told Dilfer to go fuck himself, go pounce it. Whatever it was, Dilfer, you're an adult. Hey, you, Dilfer, go be better, you have to be better than that. Hey, and Dilfer, the fact go that, fuck like, your mother. Yeah. He grabbed him <laughs> like on the chest protector and was like dri- pushing him back almost. Almost like he was trying to fight the kid. It's like, dude, I get it. You're a football coach. You got to bring in that hard old mindset. But I think he went over the top in my opinion. Like you said, more needs to be known about that situation because, like, I don't know. Like, should you put your hands on the kid? No, but if the kid's really that jacked up, it's like, dude, chill the fuck out and take a seat. Like, Jesus. By the way, Jay Glazer tweeting again, Jets trying to add a little help on defense. Oh, there you go. (laughs) But, no, I mean, look, you want to grab a kid as he's running off, you know, by the collar of this jersey and bring him up close and be like, what the fuck did you just say? Like, go sit down type of thing. I got no issue with that. My issue with the Dilfer video is that he's like going out of his way to follow this kid to the bench and grab him by the chest protector, you know. And it's like, dude, just look, you're the head coach. These guys, these kids, even professional, college, high school, they all feed off your vibes and the way you carry yourself. So that's what you want your team to see you losing it like that and going after people. Well, what the fuck do you think is yeah. going to happen in a big game in high school? They're going to go grab a ref like that. They're going to yeah. throw a kid on the guy. They're going to be in discipline. I just. That's more my issue with it. Um, it's just Trent Dilfer, man, shitty quarterback. I don't care. He has a Super Bowl ring. He was on a loaded Ravens team. Obviously, a shitty person off the field. The, um, uh, but Mikey, I wanted to defend. I want to defend myself a little bit here. During the week, my girlfriend tried to stir up a little trouble with me. Listening to some music um, about guns and you, you decided to chime in. So my girlfriend is accusing me of being a bandwagoner when it comes to Guns N' Roses because now that I listen to their music, you chime in. Well, the story is is this. She said, hey, Mikey, do you remember when you came up to Maine? Because that's where we used to live. Um, and you remember Anthony used to rip Guns N' Roses. In- I remember you used to rip Axl Rose. Thank you. Oh, no, 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 no. You chimed in and said, I totally remember that. You didn't specify... Spe- you didn't cl- make it clear that I was just ripping Axl Rose. Look, here's my situation. Situation? Yes. Situation. 
One, I've always listened to Guns N' Roses. They've just never been one of my all-time favorite bands. I think they're a good band. Absolutely. One of the best. Their uh, Appetite for Destruction album, one of the best all-time debut albums. I'm not going to dispute that. I still listen to their music. I really do. I saw them in concert a couple of weeks ago in the Fargo Dome. They put on a hell of a show. Axel can still belt it out. Slash was phenomenal. I went over this last last episode. So my issue was Axel Rose off stage. Do you remember that, Mikey? Correct. Okay. I don't like the people that when they know they're the talent, without them, the show does not go on. And they use that as leverage to not show up for appearances, not go on stage, cause riots, not you know go to performances. That's what I had an issue with. And it's the same thing with Vince Neal. He can be a little bit of an asshole as well of Motley Crue. My issue was the way Axl Rose was offstage. It's like, dude, you know you're great. I don't. And then obviously there's some other shit I've looked into. Why He's got some, not bipolar, but he's got some shit that's from his past. I get it. I don't like that he basically made Slash come on stage and apologize for drug use, shit like that. Like he's he's power hungry is Axl Rose. That I don't like. It's like, dude. All of you make up the band and what you are, okay? You take a couple guys out, you're not going to be the same. I get it. Yeah, just yeah. Just shut up, show out, and fucking play great music like you can. Like, why does it got to always be, well, it's because of me we're this good. No, it's because of me we're this good. Just shut up and play, dude. Like, you're a great fucking band that can yeah, still I don't sell think, out shows. I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, money and who gets a stake or what, who gets, like, out of a show. I I bet you there's times where if one of them goes, I get 50% of the cuts and you guys get the rest. Like, I don't know if that's any of the fucking problems, but who knows? So, yeah, that's just money always ruins everything. It sucks. Like, if me and you got five bucks, we'd be fighting over it and never talk again. No, I'm just (laughs) kidding. (laughs) But, or if somebody tries to set me up in the fucking VIP room. But, uh, no, my issue was (laughs) that... You idiot. That was just my issue with Guns N' Roses and not even the whole band, just just uh Axel Rose. Like he did some shit I've looked into like the Kyle plays the other half. I'm not gonna talk about that, but he Rose tried to sign over the band away from the band all to him, and it was just some shady shit going on. I just like when everybody can get along and play great music. That's my biggest issue right now with Motley Crue in the stadium in the stadium tour for next year. I have zero hope that Motley Crue can get their shit together and tour because, you know, Vince Neil thinks he's number one of the band. Tommy and Nikki don't like him after the, they never forgave him after the car crash that killed the drummer of a band in the eighties. It's just, it's just all this fighting, you know, it's just, it's bullshit. I can't stand it. It drives me nuts. Look, it, obviously guns and roses, they've plugged in a couple of different people, but it's still Axel. It's still slash. And it's still Duff McKagan. Uh, Steven Adler's not drumming. Obviously we know that. You can't do that with Motley Crue. They tried replacing Vince Neil with John Karabi. They fucking canceled shows right away because they couldn't sell out. Like, they couldn't even half sell out a building. So Motley Crue's got to get their shit together. But that was my biggest thing that time when I went on that rant when we all went out to dinner in Maine. It's just like, why do you got to be an asshole, Axl Rose? Just go out there, show out, and just put on great fucking shows, dude. Like that, And, like, and that's with any sport, like, I don't know. Give me an example. Like if a player is holding out because he thinks, and obviously football is different, but it's like, just shut up and just play, man. Like you're a team at the end of the day, you're a team. Everybody look, you should get with your worth, but everybody's part of the team. And without, when you take out a piece, it's not going to function the same way. Yeah. Fair enough. And you know, but, but for you and my girlfriend to call me a bandwagon jumper, I didn't, I didn't say bandwagon. Nah, you were feeding into it. You were feeding I, into I it. I got lumped into it without even fucking trying to be into it. So, I've Man, always, while we're at it, though, rest in peace to Charlie Watts, the uh, Rolling Stone. Thank you. Yes, yes. He passed away age of 80 earlier this week. Just a tough week uh, all in general. But uh, definitely one of the all-time legends as a drummer. Yeah, hell yeah. Do you have a couple of their vinyls? Uh, Rolling Stones, I do not. That's That's one I've always tried to. I probably not always tried to, dude, but that's when I would love to try to but get. Like they're one of those bands too, where it's like they can just play anything, and I'm like, oh, fine, yeah. It's like I feel like I feel like a lot of bands you want you want to hear their best, but it's like if if, if the Rolling Stones just sat there and played some random shit, I'd probably be okay with it. Dude, are you a Stones or Beatles guy? I'll take the Stones over the Beatles. Me too. 
I, I cannot stand the Beatles. They, I like the Beatles. I like their music, but you know, I'll take I I I prefer others over them. But by yeah. the way, we ha- we have a trade in the NFL. Uh, the Jets are trading for Texans edge rusher Shaq Lawson. So Jay Glazer, there it is, man. <laughs> he he had four tweets in like five minutes, and it was a trade. So that was he pretty started. Cool. <laughs> yeah. He fucking started with like, oh okay, so oh there's a little fucking something to oh shit, it actually happened. Yeah, so that was fun. Uh, by the way, real quick, when we interviewed Mike Cole, one of my former workers that I used to work with at Channel 5, you guys talked about music that you liked, and you loved the Beach Boys, right? Beach Boys, yeah, hell yeah. Dude, so I watched a documentary last week on Van Halen, and just, you know, how they came up and shit like that. Another band that would always fight, obviously. But David Lee Roth, when he left them to go solo, and he did a remake of California Girls by the Beach yeah. Boys. Yeah, dude, he fucking owned that. I loved it. I thought like I watched the video and crack up because I think it's so cool. Like that was a pretty good cover, in my opinion. Yeah, I, was, I mean, I haven't listened much to Van Halen at all. I'm not going to lie, but, you know, I've heard some of their songs and that's that's a good and I don't doubt that they did a hell of a job on California Girls, which, by the way. Well, it was just uh, it was just David Lee Roth. Oh, OK, good. All right. So you'll have to you'll let's do it. Get back to me. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. Little Family Guy reference right there. Oh, you know what? I just watched. Speaking of Family Guy, this episode was on the other day, and it's like I, I completely forgot about it, and it made me piss myself. It was when Peter came into the fucking school cafeteria, dressed as like a cougar with blood on his mouth, and he's like, he's like, I want. He's like, he's like, I think I finally. I, I I'm like paraphrasing the quote, but he's like, he's like. I think I finally met my calling, and he's like, he calls himself he calls himself Gary the No Trash Cougar. Walks into a cafeteria, there's a cup on the ground, a whole bunch of like middle school kids eating lunch. Fires off two bullets into the ceiling and goes, "I want to know whose cup this is." <laughs> pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, and he goes absolutely apeshit, scaring people into submission with with pollution. Uh, real quick before we wrap the show, Mikey, I watched a trailer for Jackass Four. Hell yeah. Dude, there's one part of that trailer I fucking cried because I laughed so hard because I didn't expect it. You know the scene with the bicycle? Yeah. And it he's you can see across the screen that he's gonna be going off a jump. Yep. That I had to pause it because I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> that got me so good. I cannot wait to see this movie. And then how about the ending of the trailer with Danger Aaron? I thought he was. Gonna, oh. It looks like an electric chair, but it, at the end, it's fucking not. A grizzly bear comes out or some shit. That is nightmare fuel for me. So, dude, you have to know something's up. T- something bad's happening when there's a fucking like a uh, what the hell is that door they pulled down with, with like the the I forget I forget what the hell they call it, but like a lot of those like I can't think of the actual fucking word. Damn, but like it's. It's that silver door that, like, it, it, like, opens like a garage and it closes like a garage. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. you see something like that, there's something bad's going to happen. Yeah, dude. Like, I when I would, when I lived in Maine and I used to go jogging on the streets, people would tell me, like, the town I lived in, you wouldn't see a bear. I didn't give a shit. Dude, the Maine college team is called the Black Bears. There's freaking bears, bears around there. Like, I used to shit all the time when I would go for runs. Like, I'd have great times, like, minutes-wise, because I'd be so scared. I'd be, like, sprinting. But dude, I and the fact that he's locked into that chair, draped in honey and salmon, no way. I would I would quit the show before I ever did that. See, I, I, I think the one thing that made me uncomfortable about that trailer was when Knoxville gets shot up into the air with the wings on, and his like <laughs> his like arms are extended out with the wings. It's like, dude, how do you get out of that? How do you swim? Like like that would give me so much anxiety, dude. <laughs> That's like the very first thing. Oh my god, I, dude! I, so my boss, I showed. She, my boss is a, oh man, she's awesome. She's so funny. She couldn't even stop laughing at that. Like it was the funniest fucking thing. Like I cannot wait for this movie to come out. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm broadcasting a football game the other night, right? I saw yeah. that. Somebody in the stands had an air horn. <laughs> oh god! Oh god! I'm sure you had some dead air for a little bit, dude. No, I gave him a shout out. There was a big play, and I was like, oh, that's a sack, blah, blah, blah. And then you hear, and I go, shout out to the person three rows in front of the broadcast booth with the air horn, man. Like, you should be getting, like, a free 
a free beverage from the concession stand. That is awesome. And I had a couple of people text me saying that was cool. But, dude, like, air horns are fucking – those are legendary. I still have that mini one that we had in Maine. I still have it in my garage. I probably I might I might have to pay a visit to a golf course pretty soon and just hide dude. We next time I'm I'm in Massachusetts or you come out here, we gotta friggin' we gotta get like the bigger air horn and just cause some havoc. Yeah, and 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 we'll get it on video. So, Mikey, good episode, bud. Yeah, good one, man. So we'll hopefully the Patriots show us some good stuff tonight in the final preseason game against the New York Football Giants. Oh, let me tell you something about my New York football giants, Anthony. Let me tell you a little something about those New York football giants. No one touches my New York football giants. Fucking people. I hate them. Uh, New Yorkers really act like they know it all about sports. That's for sure. So, again, as we end this episode, thoughts and prayers go out to the family of Jimmy Hayes, only 31 years old. (laughs) 